0: Welcome to the Strategy-Driven Professional Podcast, Standing Out Among Professional Peers, Part 2 of 3. On behalf of the entire Strategy-Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this edition of the Strategy-Driven Professional Podcast, Standing Out Among Professional Peers, Part 2 of 3. The Strategy-Driven Professional podcast focuses on the tools and techniques business professionals can use to accelerate their careers and personal goals achievement. These podcasts elaborate on the principle, best practice, and warning flag articles found on the Strategy-Driven Professional website at www.strategydrivenprofessional.com. In this second episode of a series of three podcasts, Wendy Powell, human resources management consultant and business faculty member of Palm Beach State College and the University of Phoenix, shares with us her insights on how to stand out among professional peers and challengers, both within your organization and when applying for external positions. In this episode, we'll begin by examining the first of 12 steps to differentiating oneself from other professionals. And so now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by Wendy Powell, author of Management Experience Acquired, Necessary Skills for Successfully Managing Any Employee With more than 25 years of human resource and management consulting experience, Wendy has spent most of her career at the University of Michigan. She is currently on the business faculty at both Palm Beach State College and the University of Phoenix. A member of the Society of Human Resource Management, she received a leadership award in 2002 from the Midwest College and University Professional Association for Human Resources. Wendy holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management and a Master of Arts degree in Organizational Management. Wendy, welcome back to the Strategy Driven Professional Podcast. Well, thanks. Great to have you back on the show for our first edition of the new year. It's a pleasure. Well, Wendy, when we concluded our last discussion, we shared with our listeners a need to plan and then to deliberately take action to differentiate themselves from their professional peers. Would you briefly share with us the first six of those actions that you recommend?
1: Well, certainly. Uh, Get to know yourself again. Uh, Make sure you're identifying exactly what your needs are getting into the the workforce pursuits. Um, conduct your own personal SWOT analysis to market yourself. And of course, we took uh, SWOT um, in marketing classes and understand that it applies to marketing yourself personally, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Scope out your competition. an absolute requirement, particularly in a down economy where you have so many candidates become employed. Sounds pretty simple, but... There are some strategies to identifying jobs that you can do to put that information on your resume. Polish up your references. Always a very positive issue. You need to be identifying who are credible references for you and make sure you're identifying them properly. And glean on to a former favorite professor of yours if you have them. We like it. We think it's an important thing if we help people out with their careers. But we have to make sure we're very careful as professors to identify um, true and complete references for uh, the most exceptional students.
0: Wendy, I want to start with the first one that you mentioned. When you suggested that a professional should get to know themselves again, what particular aspects of the person should they be taking inventory of?
1: Well, it's likely that your skills have changed and or the skills required of the job that you're pursuing. If the requirements have changed, and it's likely that they have, you may need to brush up on your skills. Research your field again, perhaps take a refresher class, or to impress yourself before you impress others. Again, make sure you can impress what your credentials are before you're actually going out into the workforce to try to convince people that you are the candidate for the job. Remember, in a job search your potential um competition is in the hundreds, maybe thousands of candidates who have submitted their resumes online. And you need to make sure you are coming out on the top. You need to stand out. Employers must get the impression that they can't pass you by. Show them not only your qualifications, but show them your drive and initiative.
0: When you mentioned that the skills necessarily change, you know I can't think of a time where the skills demanded of me changed more dramatically than when I moved from being an individual contributor to being a manager for the first time and the skills were very, very different.
1: Almost definitely. In fact, people have the common misconception out there that if you know how to do your job well, you're a good practitioner, that you would make a good leader in the field. Not true. There are different competencies required of leaders and you need to grow your leadership skills. You need to take classes. You need to read material you need to be uh, certain that you are able to lead people as opposed to just handling the competencies.
0: Wendy, regarding the personal SWOT analysis, should an individual perform a SWOT analysis for each position that they're pursuing? And then I was also hoping you could provide us the frame of reference one should use when performing that analysis.
1: Yes. In fact, For those of you who don't recall necessarily what SWOT stands for, for, it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And the strengths and weaknesses are internal, and the opportunities and threats are the outside influences that you need to consider. If you're applying for similar positions, it's not necessary to perform an individual SWOT analysis on yourself. Um, But remember, it's about your qualifications and competencies. If they're different, you need to evaluate yourself for each type of position. First of all, make a critical list of your strengths related to the position. Spend some time. It will be worth it. Identify what you do well, what you enjoy about the field. Uh, List what makes you the most effective candidate. Turn the strengths into possibilities for you to concentrate on. Your conclusions will lead you to your next move. Concentrate on that information as you are going through your job search and the preparation of your resume to identify what it is that the employer cannot force not to hire you. Your weaknesses are just as important. Critically look at your attributes that may keep you away from the things that you're not as good at. Be honest with yourself. Ask your family. Ask your friends exactly what your weaknesses are, so you don't portray them in the job candidacy. Now, weighing the outside opportunities is likely the most difficult. You will use your strengths and weaknesses and make conclusions about your opportunities. But look at the pool of chosen strengths and keep apprised of what industries and organizations are, are hiring and what they're looking for. Don't forget the possibility of having to relocate. Very possible. I come from the Midwest. Uh, come from Michigan, we had many people that had to relocate because of the serious loss of jobs related to the auto industry. Many families had to move and the reality is you may need to relocate, might not be forever but you may need to look to see where the incident rates are the highest for your particular interest, that is part of the opportunities you need to look at. And outside threats are unfortunately, but identify the right direction from your assumptions and realize them, tackle them head on. Wendy, I had
0: another question with the SWOT analysis, if you don't mind. Often when I've been in an interview, the hiring manager has asked me to talk about a particular weakness. Do I want to talk about a weakness that I've identified in the SWOT relative to that position, or do I want to focus on maybe a different weakness that isn't as relevant to the position I'm applying to?
1: You just have the right answer. Focus on a weakness that is not particularly relevant to the job. Uh, and one of the most common weaknesses that people talk about is such as I take on too much. I am a go-getter. I am a perfectionist. And sometimes I wrap myself up in my work a little bit too much, which is a weakness. But at the same time, it could be considered a strength for the company.
0: Now, Wendy, when applying for an internal position, it's often more apparent who the competition will be. What should we assume when we're doing our SWOT analysis about the, I'll call it the unknown competitors?
1: Well, assume that there are eminently qualified people out there internally who will throw their hat in the ring for your ideal job that you've been planning on. In fact, again, count on it. There can be numerous people waiting in the wings, but you need to concentrate on yourself. These people include downsized, overqualified, outsourced people who need to make a career change, need to transfer to a different area because their jobs might be going away. You need to show the hiring manager that it's you with the answers and creativity to do the job. So while there are other people out there that might technically swoop in and grab a particular job because of these these areas of downsizing and being overqualified and outsourced. You need to make sure that you are keeping yourself first and foremost out there, that you are the expert that, again, they can't afford not to hire.
0: Wendy, you also mentioned that when a professional is applying for an external position, that he or she should submit personal letters of reference with their resumes. So often, nowadays, I see resumes and applications taken online. If that's the case, how does one get the letters of reference into the hands of the hiring manager?
1: Well, that takes a little bit of creativity. Assume that recruiters and hiring managers often spend about 20 seconds on your carefully prepared information. It's frustrating, but it's true. Always include a letter, and don't forget to use a 12 font to make sure that they see it. I've seen resumes that are done small, so people can put pack more information. Make sure it's comfortable for the person to to read. But, more to the point of the um, the references and the issues of cover letters, provide it to the hiring manager that describes it in a nutshell what you would do for the company. That is your focus because they want to see it and they want to see it fast. Uh, career sites generally have a mechanism uh, to provide that cover letter online, and company sites often request one as well. That's where you can sign and provide the reference materials. Uh, but perhaps the letters themselves would not get the desired attention but include summary statements from your references to let them know what they'd say about you. Um, but don't say references provided on request. Again, many people on their resumes say references will be provided on request. They know that. Provide that information up front. And sometimes people will go to the Internet, they will go to uh, the company sites, and they will actually find out who the hiring supervisor is, or they will find out who is in charge of these particular areas that you're interested in. Drop a line to those folks. Include your, your copy of your resume and your cover letter. Make sure the hiring people are seeing the material, because if they like what they see, they're going to remember you.
0: If you don't mind, another diversion, but a question on the resumes. You mentioned the the 20 seconds managers spend on your personal information, And, and as one of those that has done many interviews, I can vouch that 20 seconds is about all the time that one gets. How many pages do you recommend a professional use for a resume?
1: Most experts say one page. I say two pages, but not more than two pages because it may take two pages to describe exactly why the person needs to hire you, such as include the inclusion of providing some of the successes that you have handled, some of the projects, some of the initiatives. It's important enough to include that information. People don't stop a reading at page one if they're interested. You keep them interested. You throw the summary and the particular career interest right up front and demonstrate to them these are the action points and this is what I've done. Include it on two pages, but again, I wouldn't go any further than, um, than two pages.
0: Wendy, when pursuing an internal position, do you also submit personal references, and I'm thinking from other internal managers, or maybe is that a time also to seek a reference from your favorite professor?
1: I would say both. Uh, Personal references always have value inside or outside the company. I think it it applies in both circumstances. Remember, many career opportunities exist in other departments or company locations. And if recruiters or hiring managers see a good recommended candidate, they will likely keep you in mind for that position or maybe another future job. Um, And most hiring supervisors realize that references from professors are not handed out lightly. Carefully, who we are willing to say it was an outstanding student, I always like references from former professors, and I receive requests often uh, personally. I will only write them to the truly exceptional, but internally, absolutely, because people talk you know we need to realize when you have an organization large or small, you have meetings, you have um, get togethers when people start talking about the employees. And if you have internal movement, then particularly it's important to get to know people and to know where you can market yourself inside the organization.
0: Well, Wendy, I want to thank you, not only for your time, but for sharing your insights on the first six steps to standing out among one's professional peers. With the difficult economic times faced by every company, I believe now more than ever that professionals need to differentiate themselves from the rest of the pack there to achieve their life's ambitions so thank you again for joining us
1: oh thank you and uh, well put it's very important now more than ever
0: thank you for joining us we hope you enjoyed this episode of the strategy driven professional podcast I would like to personally thank Wendy Powell for being with us today and sharing her insights on the importance of differentiating oneself from professional peers As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider recommending us on iTunes and visiting our website at www.strategydrivenprofessional.com. You can find more information about Wendy Powell and Management Experience Acquired at www.managementexperienceacquired.com. Until next time, so long.